to the weekly message from Angel of Joy Lutheran Church, an ELCA congregation located in Lufkin, Texas. Pastor Paul Guy and the family of Angel of Joy invite you to join us for worship at 10.15 a.m. on Sunday mornings. If you should find yourself in our neighborhood, please enjoy this message and visit our website at angelofjoy.org. Friends in Christ, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. This has been a momentous week. Perhaps it did not touch us directly here, but we were consumed with watching all the news that was coming out of Boston. And then just at the point where it seemed that some of the initial obsession with what was going on through the news programs in Boston was starting to moderate a little bit, if you can call it that. Then we heard about the news of the fertilizer plant exploding in West, out by Waco. And if that didn't take all the energy out of us, If the grief wasn't enough with that, then we heard about the great earthquake that took place in southwestern China. Hundreds of people killed. Thousands injured. Tens of thousands homeless. Probably most of the media was focused, of course, on the events and the aftermath of the the marathon in Boston when the bombs went off, when people lost their lives unnecessarily and so many others were grievously injured. But the fear, the unknown, is the police were seeking those individuals responsible, at first not knowing at all who it was that was responsible, why it was done. Could it happen again? Could it happen in other cities? Would more people lose their lives? There was a pervading and spreading fear. Sometimes fear feeds on the unknown, and certainly there were a lot of unknowns involved in that. But for many of us, the emotions were mixed between disbelief and anger and fear. And once again, as it happened on 9-11, we were caught up in this fervor of, of rage. The sanctity of life in America had been provoked and perverted and snatched away once again. Perhaps not to the same extent, but nevertheless... Nevertheless, it reminded us and opened an old wound. Well, of course, today as we are gathered together, the perpetrators apparently are all either dead or under lock and key. The people in Texas, 
are recovering from the explosion there. The people in China are getting help from around the world, even from our own country. But I remember watching the television, especially those speeches in Boston by their mayor and by many other uh, police chief and, and so many others. A lot of it had to do with reminding Bostonians who Bostonians really are. They are tough, they are resilient, and ultimately many of them showed their compassionate side when the explosions went off. People didn't run away from it. They ran into it to try to help the people who had been so hurt. You know, I think that in the midst of a travesty of justice and the demonstration of evil, the overwhelming spirit was that of compassion and a compulsion to do good. Satan has his way at times in this world, but Christ has a bigger way. It was so far away that we felt somewhat insulated by it, I think, although the one in West was, was closer. Nevertheless, we could breathe a sigh of relief that it was at least not us, but not without utter confidence. We need to, just as the people in our state, in the eastern seaboard, and in Asia, or even the Middle East, Syria, Afghanistan, Pakistan, we need also to find coming from a deeper place a sense that there is love underneath all of this that we can trust. There are terrorists out there, always have been, in every age, cruel people, heartless people, people who felt that they were right and their cause justified whatever they wished to do. There have always been evil people. There have always been very good people. And we stand on the side of goodness, which is the side of God himself, as he demonstrated through Jesus Christ. Ultimately, all that the terrorists attempted to do, and they did tear some of the fabric of our American life, but they were destined to fail in the end. They were destined to be overcome. Evil is destined to be overcome by good, hatred by love. This is what we're about. This is who we are. We, as a people, are God's people. We are Christians. We are privileged to carry the name of Christ in and about who we are. We are Christians. We follow the love of Christ, the goodness that is in him, a self-sacrificing kind of love. There are a lot of things that were said and will be said in the future as unfortunate events take place. Once upon a time... I lived 
near Austin, and uh, a former pastor who had moved to North Carolina, his little girl had been killed out there, ran in front of a car that didn't have time to stop, and and a woman from my parish who had babysat for this little girl when she was an infant said, I guess God just needed another little angel in heaven. There are other people that say when tragedies happen, they are in a better place, or God wished it that way. If God is in control, then nothing happens without his approval. And to this I say a word that comes in handy once in a while, and that word is hogwash. God has all the time in the world to wait for you and me to join him in heaven. He doesn't snatch our loved ones away from us, and he's not going to snatch away us from our loved ones in a whimsical, heartless way. That's not the God that we worship. That's not the God that we know through Jesus Christ. So when those bad things happen, it's not because it was God's will or because God even needed another little angel. There are plenty of angels in heaven already. We are a community of the Spirit, and we are called to speak light into chaos. On Good Friday, actually the end of Maundy Thursday, the candle, the Christ candle standing right there, went out. The light was gone, and for a short while, we experienced, perhaps in a psychological or a spiritual way, what it would mean to be without Christ in this world and without Christ in our lives. But come Easter, the light came back. And indeed, this is a candle, and that's a flame. But the light of Christ is something much more enduring, much brighter, much more powerful. And that light of Christ still shines. And we are called to speak that light. In the first book of Genesis, we heard about before there was light, there was darkness, there was chaos and emptiness. But no more, no more. We say yes to the Prince of Peace and we say no to the false gods of pollution, of bombs, of prejudice, of hatred. We say no to that, even in our own lives, in our own hearts, because we have been raised by certain people in a certain culture that we have our prejudices. But when we connect to that light, to the love of Christ, we can say, I did feel this way, but now I say no. I am a part of the family of light. We are God's people, And we think that God and his people can speak light into the abyss of things that besiege us. We are God's people, and as such we can and must speak light, hope, and love into all of the darkness, all of the chaos of our life together. And if not us, then who? If not now, then when? Jesus died, betrayed, humiliated, convicted, tortured, and abandoned. The light had gone out of his life. And then came Easter. 
And we are in the Caesar, the season of Easter. We are in this season of remembering and living. Out of the dark, dank, cold of death came life restored and vibrant. And together with Jesus' own resurrection came the promise to us of life after death. Yes, death took place last week. But now we live in a world of life. We remember and compare and revel in Easter. The promise not just of life or recovery from bombs and explosions and earthquakes, but we revel in the life that was one that is eternal and that is being held out to us daily by our Savior and our Creator. Today we as a people, and even individually, understand what the psalmist meant when he said, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for you are with me. Well, that is a real place, this valley of the shadow of death. It didn't say the valley of death, it said the valley of the shadow of death. We live in that shadow, but we live. Sometimes that valley of the shadow of death lies in the streets of the city. (coughs) Sometimes it lies within our own mind or heart. Circumstances of life touch us and wound us. And sometimes it takes the immortal words like this psalm to remind us that God is surely with us even in horrific times. And it is the promise of the divine presence that enables us to continue with grace, style, and confidence. Even when our world is shaken, (coughs) even when darkness seems to be overwhelming. For it is then that we discovered that the light of Christ continues. And that is love. And now, one of our very special members, someone who was quite ill not very long ago, Joe White, would like to share a few words of wisdom in the the aftermath of her own recent ordeal. And if Joe can come up right over here to this microphone. Thank you. Give me strength. <laughs> I just wanted to share with, I don't know if it worked. Okay. I just wanted to share with everyone how grateful and thankful that I give praise and thanks to the Lord that I'm here with you. I didn't realize that it was that close, but I know in the hospital, well, anyway, I guess I'd aspirated, uh, I'd thrown up in my mask, my bipac. And I, I remember raising up out of bed, leaning over, and I knew I threw up once more. But then I rolled out of bed, kind of hit the wall, and when Orrin came to see what was going on, he said I was very incoherent, shaking, just shaking all over. And the EMTs got there very quickly. And uh, I, all I remember is mm, they got me, had to put a board under me because there was only so much room beside my bed because I weren't more than the other. But anyway, 
they had put me on a board and raised me up on a gurney. And then I remember hearing, I don't even know the faces. I don't, hadn't seen the faces of the EMTs. But anyway, I got, I heard them holler, we're on the highway, and then the sirens went. To me, it was like a minute, and we're at the hospital. Because I kind of lost in between. And what I had was aspirated pneumonia. Because, I'm a, um, you know, the EMTs took the mask off. I just couldn't, you know think to get that off <clears throat> but anyway uh, the lung doctor did go down into the airways and get some of that out you know and all but uh, I just wanted to express through your prayers and how strong prayer is and I'm so thankful to be with my church family and let's give you know God glory and we we never know. Dr. Todd says, you know, it came so close, another two, three minutes, you may not have been with us. And I'm like, gee, if I had gone, I'd have been ready. But Lord said, like Dr. Todd said, the Lord just wasn't ready for you to come yet. You had more to go and accomplish. So thank everyone in... So I don't know if you all know. I'm sorry. I will do one more thing. On Facebook, there's some problem in the Duncan family. I don't know what it is. She, uh, Angela just said, no. Okay, that's what I want. Just prayer. I want prayer for the family. Whatever it is, God will know what the prayer is for. And I just want to thank everyone. And I hope and God bless us all. Thank you. Um, yeah, who knows what rumors are, but it does not hurt us at all to pray for the people that we know, who we know and love. And thank you for your testimony. And uh, by the way, BMT uh, people wouldn't have been there very quick at all if your husband hadn't moved really fast. And he looks kind of bemused right now. He's, he's giving me the look. But the fact is, he loves you so deeply and he loves his Lord. And that came through in my visits with you at the hospital as well. And a lot beyond that. To all of this, I say Amen. Thank you for listening. Please provide feedback on the iTunes podcast page and visit our website at angeljoy.org for more information.